Thank you very much indeed, my raid. Let us pray. God of Moses and Joshua, God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we are your children today. This morning, may your anointing fall upon us for the sake of your kingdom. Amen. Well, what a royal uh, weekend it's been. Not only are we honored to have their majesties, the King and Queen of Tonga, with us today. Uh, we had yesterday the coronation of King Charles III, watched by billions of people globally, including my family in Pennsylvania. You would have seen the Union Jacks in the background there in the global greeting. And for many, they were watching what was going on yesterday uh, from the broadcast that was recorded partly from our building, from our roof spaces. In fact, since last Tuesday, this building has been a media center, and we've played our part here uh, through warm hospitality, but also facilitating the various broadcasters that have been here. And there have been, I think, 500 broadcasters and support staff who have been camped here in our church to bring this message to the world. And as a result of the community within this building, uh, with the help of Paul Southern and uh, uh, our executive directors here, we've played just a little part in helping a deeply Christian ceremony rich in symbolism and firmly rooted in British history to a global audience. In doing so, in our own way, we've assisted the proclamation of the gospel. And I firmly believe that's part of our mission here at Methodist Central Hall, Westminster. We are a cathedral for Methodism. We have unique opportunities to serve the world and to proclaim the good news. Just look how God has used our online ministry here. We set a vision to be a global Christian family following Jesus at the heart of Westminster, heart of London, sorry. And it's become a reality. We are more than just a local church here or a gathered church. As John Wesley said, the world is my parish. And John Wesley didn't stick to one local church. I'm sure you know the story of Wesley. He went out from the churches. He went out to the miners, to the colliers, to bring the gospel to all that he could. He reached out it's said that he traveled 2,000, uh, sorry, a quarter of a million miles on horseback. He must have got very saddle sore, riding 20 miles a day for 40 years. He preached 40,000 sermons, I'm told. He produced 400 books. He spoke 10 languages. And at the age of 83, he was annoyed because he couldn't write for more than 15 hours a day without his eyes beginning to hurt. At 86, he was ashamed that he could no longer preach twice a day, or more than twice a day, I think it was. And he complained in his diary 
that there was an increasing tendency for him to lie in bed until 5.30 in the morning. They did go to bed a lot earlier in those days, but still. When we read about John Wesley, we read about someone who had a heartwarming experience of Christ on the 24th of May, 1738, and he was never the same. Anointed by the Spirit of God, together with his brother Charles, who had an experience shortly before him, he was set apart for God. He was on fire for him, literally. Well, I'm sure John Wesley today, if he were here, would have seized the opportunities to use the internet, to use broadcast technology, to engage with social media, probably to the relief of his horse. The coronation of King Charles yesterday was only the third coronation to take place since this building opened in 1912, although Charles is, will, uh, is the 40th monarch to be crowned at the Abbey since the coronation of William the Conqueror on Christmas Day in 1066. But at the coronation of Queen Elizabeth II, our late queen, in June 1953, the trustees of this building refused the media access to this place. Our archivist has got a letter. And in the letter it says, we, are very we very much regret that owing to a lack of space, the trustees are unable to accede to any request for outside organizations to be present in this building on Coronation Day in 1953. Now, I'm sure they had their reasons. But friends, one of the things I want to say is this building, like any church building, is not ours. It's a resource. It's entrusted to us to be used. And what better use than to reach billions of people with a ceremony that's deeply Christian, that people might see and observe what's going on. You see, as a church, we're called to serve other people, not just ourselves. We're called to proclaim the gospel imaginatively. And in Luke 12, we read these words, Those to whom much is given, much is expected. I believe all of us here, in different ways, and it's all relative, but we are blessed beyond measure. Much has been entrusted to us, and much is expected of us. Yesterday, we witnessed the succession of the monarchy. Whether you're a royalist or not, consider what our, our succession might be today. How we carry on the work of the Methodist church, the work our forebears started? Are we seeking God's anointing upon our work, upon our calling? In our Old Testament reading, we heard of God's uh, commission to Joshua. Moses had died, um, as Charlie said earlier. But Joshua had work to do to carry on the work in any succession once 
One person has died. Another person needs to fulfill that role. And the wilderness period in the Old Testament was coming to an end. And the beginning of Israel's new life in the promised land was coming. Moses never ever saw that. He never got to the promised land. But under Joshua, under his leadership, and remember he'd had on-the-job training with Moses, he now has the job of taking the work forward. And if we read through Joshua, you will note that whenever mention of Moses is there, 14 times it says, the servant of the Lord. Joshua needed to be anointed for service, to be a servant of the Lord as Moses was. And the Lord would give the land and would give victory, but Joshua needed to be determined and obedient, as did the people of God. Hence, God's command to Joshua, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. The Lord's promised assistance, though, was conditional. He didn't just say, I will be with you, I'll give you the land. Joshua needed to fulfill his calling, to be anointed for purpose, not with fear, because God was with him, but even though he felt terrified, he needed to do what was called of him. He needed to be obedient, despite the challenges. And I can identify with Joshua at times. I'm sure every leader here in this building can identify with Joshua at times. We feel inadequate. There are times when we might have gifts, but we find everything very, very challenging. Sometimes we feel weak and hopeless and wonder why God has chosen us. We feel we have little to offer. But the message here is, but with God, all things are possible. We read that in the New Testament as well. With God, all things are possible. Let's take a look at our gospel lesson. We read how Jesus gets to the point of declaring his manifesto, if you like. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners, recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus was anointed. After all his struggles in the wilderness, he remained obedient. He was then anointed for his task. And there was work for the servant king to do. Yesterday in that service, I found it really moving when a young person, uh, a chapel royal chorister, said to the king, your majesty as children of the kingdom of God, we welcome you in the name of the king of kings. What a lovely moment. To which Charles pledged, in his name and after his example, I come not to be served, but to serve. The Archbishop of Canterbury, in his address, reaffirmed this. The King of Kings, Jesus Christ, was anointed not to be served, but to serve. 
And as the service continued, again, I found it deeply moving when Charles had his wonderful robes taken off and he was, if you like, stripped back. A mere man. All of us are just children of God. I'm sure Charles cuts himself when he's shaving just as I do. We are human, flesh and blood. But in those moments, Charles was anointed for his task. And the anointing had a direct association with Old Testament history. We heard it, didn't we, in Zadok the priest. How Zadok and Nathan anointed Solomon. Goes all the way back, that ceremony. And then after he was anointed for his task, then gradually those symbols were given to him, profound symbols, that the king will need the Holy Spirit to be equipped for service as we all do. And eventually he was crowned as a king to serve. I loved that that service that had the word service all the way through it. For many Christians, the coronation of King Charles III is a powerful reminder of not only God's sovereignty, but the fact that Charles is called to a role and we need to pray for him as we need to pray for all our leaders. There's that biblical call, isn't it, to pray for our leaders. I want to say to our guests, you know, God's people are praying for you. And we need to be reminded, God's people, to pray for all of our leaders because they need wisdom they need strength just as we need to pray for each other that we may fulfill our calling i'm learning just how much prayer for leaders is appreciated by leaders not only through prayers that people offer for me but as i've spoken to people in parliament and we've spoken of prayers that are offered for leaders, it means a great deal. Because many of them feel at times that it's tough. And that's why I'm very keen to start the Methodist Parliamentary Fellowship up again, to support those who are in authority. Because in this patch, where this church is located, I think more than any other church, we have a responsibility to pray for those who lead. Someone once said, you, you get the, permission, the politicians that you pray for. <laughs> if we're not praying for them. I think we're called as a church to serve in relevant ways. Noting where God has placed us. Using the resources that God has given to us. Our own gifts and our talents entrusted to us. Because Jesus said, we mustn't bury our talent. The Archbishop yesterday encouraged us to dedicate ourselves alike in body, mind, and spirit to a renewed faith, a joyful hope, and a commitment to serve and love one another. It doesn't matter who we are, each one of us one day will meet our Maker. We will need to give an account for our lives. And we've been given a lot. And I have a passion here in this church that we use 
the gifts and talents of God's people and the facilities here to further the work of the kingdom. You see, we're all called to be set apart, to be consecrated for the service of others. And that doesn't mean we set apart and we never get things dirty. Otherwise, we'd never have people from outside in the building. We need to use this place to further the gospel. You know, we are not King Charles. Our calling is very different. We're not all kings, <laughs> uh, but some are. But each one of us, on our own, before God, need to consider what God is calling us to do and to be. Methodists are inheritors of a movement. The calling of the Methodist church is to respond to the gospel of God's love in Christ and to live out its discipleship in worship and mission. So we're all called together, working together, to actually, through our circle of influence, serve God and serve one another. It's my prayer, as I pray for our guests, as I pray for all of us here, we may be anointed to serve. And perhaps we need today to hear those words, as they were said to Joshua, to us. Be strong, be courageous, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. There's lots of discouragement around today. For the Lord your God is with you and will be with you wherever you go. But we do need to fulfill our calling. Let us pray. Gracious God, in company with King Charles III, we rededicate ourselves to your service. Take our minds and think through them. Take our lips and speak through them. Take our hearts and set them on fire with love for you and for your kingdom. That here we may have your peace and in the world to come, may see you face to face. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.